Aloha and welcome to Conversations to Enlighten and Heal. Today I will be speaking with shamanic practitioner and best-selling Hay House author Dr. Stephen D. Farmer about earth magic, the title of his new book. Conversations is sponsored by HealthMasterySystems.com, holistic products for body, mind, and soul, and PurePlantEssentials.com, organic aromatherapy. Please visit these websites today. Be sure to visit the iTunes store and subscribe for the complete lineup of shows on Conversations to Enlighten and Heal. Dr. Stephen Farmer is the author of the best-selling book, Animal Spirit Guides. He's also the author of Power Animal Oracle Cards, Messages from Your Animal Spirit Guides, Oracle Cards, Power Animals, Sacred Ceremony, Messages from Your Animal Spirit Guides, Guided Meditation CD. Dr. Farmer is also the host of his own radio show, The Shamanic Hotline, on hayhouseradio.com. He offers workshops on various shamanic topics as well as private consultations. For more information about Stephen and to find out about his upcoming workshops and to schedule a private consultation or sign up for his free newsletter, please visit drstephenfarmer.com. That's Dr. D-R Stephen, S-T-E-V-E-N, Farmer, F-A-R-M-E-R.com. Today, Stephen will be talking about his most recent book released by Hay House, Earth Magic, Ancient Shamanic Wisdom for Healing Yourself, Others, and the Planet. Please welcome to the show my very special guest, Dr. Stephen Farmer. Welcome to the show, Stephen. It's such an honor to have you as a return guest. Well, thank you, KG. I'm delighted to be here, and absolutely, uh, I just love talking about um, the subjects in Earth Magic. It's got quite a Diversity it covers quite a quite a bit of ground, uh, so here we go. <laughs> okay, I'm ex- so we're excited to hear about it. So, what is your background, Stephen, and how did you get introduced to shamanism? Yeah, and I, I, to, it really is the foundation for this this book, Earth Magic. And in some ways, you can pra- you can call some of these practices Earth Magic, or you can call them shamanic practices. I don't think the name itself really is terribly important, other than what it might mean to someone. How how I got involved with this is very very gradual. I I actually was in a Toastmasters meeting. Oh, probably uh, I hate to say it, but probably close to 25, 26 years ago. And a fella came in who who uh, uh, was introduced as a shaman. Uh, this fella's name is Jade, and he operates out of Sedona, Arizona. And since then we've become good friends. But I remember at the time thinking this dude looks kind of weird. You know, he's got this. Fu Manchu uh, braided mustache, and he's wearing these kind of odd garments. You know, we're all in suits and ties at that time. Thank God I'm not doing that anymore, but at that time it was appropriate. And later I, I was invited to a ceremony with Jade, and I was really intrigued by the ceremony. And then I ended up doing an individual session with him, and that was really my first exposure to anything shamanic. I was still a little bit intimidated by, you know, stepping out of the so called normal uh, world of suits and ties, etc. But also, as, as I think you know, many people can identify with, my soul was calling me to this. And it just was a matter of, um, I guess, confronting certain resistances that were born of you know, habitual uh, behavioral and thought patterns mm-hmm. that um, I had to just confront and, and move through. And, and eventually I, I, I did a training in Hawaii, and then I did another uh, training with the uh, uh, Michael Harner of the Foundation for Shamanic Studies, and it was at that point the two-day introductory workshop that he calls Core Shamanism that mm-hmm. I said, "Okay, I'm home. This is it." 
<laughs> and from there, I just gobbled up as many different trainings as possible. I worked with Jade some more. I uh, worked, uh, I did studies in Celtic shamanism and uh, Tibetan shamanism in what, again, Harner called core shamanism, which are, are really universal characteristics of all shamanic practices mm -hmm. uh, in some version. For instance, dancing, you know, that's universal. Mm -hmm. Singing, that's universal. Uh, doing what's called the shamanic journey, which is the core, no matter how it's done. And that's where the shaman or the shamanic practitioner uh, sends his consciousness, or some would say his soul, to a uh, spirit world, a place that sometimes is called non-ordinary reality. And there works with helping spirits to bring back healing for the mm -hmm. individual or the community. So, you know, I, I, I took to it. Um, it just was one of those things. It was the right time. Uh, my heart, my mind, um, certainly my soul were open. It's it's that congruence that of uh, events that led me to it. And since then, I've I've been practicing it in mm -hmm. various forms. I'm teaching it. I've done ceremonies with one person. I've done with up to 900 people. Uh, certain kind of ceremonies facilitated them. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's definitely it's definitely feed. It, it it's it's something that um, I I cannot avoid at this point. And the writings certainly support that. It's the uh, I'm probably talking too fast and saying too much, but I'm just so. Excited. Oh, you're doing great. You're well, doing the, great. the um, the mission KG really for me is one one of the aspects of the mission is to take some of these elements of shamanism and shamanic practice and introduce them to more and more people mm -hmm. in ways that are are palatable and uh, also to people who. Uh, may not even be interested in shamanism. Uh, for instance, would be animal spirit guides. You don't mm -hmm. need to be following a shamanic path to learn about how the animals um, are communicating to us, not only through their physical being, but uh, but their spiritual being. Mm -hmm. Their their um, spirit guides that um, we can see physically on this earth. They or at least see their representatives, representations, you know, in symbols, etc. Mm -hmm. And I think it brings a greater respect to the animal brothers and sisters and, and sort of uh, ekes away at uh, what was lost a long time ago, which was a more intimate and respectful, mutually respectful relationship between us human beings and the animals that mm -hmm. exist on this planet. Mm -hmm. So that's a mouthful, but yeah. That's, uh, well, we are, shamanic, we are shamanic beings. We walk yeah. between two worlds. You know, yes, we, we are. We, you know, yes. the, it, it's um, it, it's just a, it's an earth. I, I hesitate to to limit it by saying it's an earth-centered um, spiritual practice, uh, because as soon as you start putting labels on it, it it limits it to some degree. And yet, at the same time, it helps understand that um, there are a lot of spiritual practices that that pay attention to the celestial, um, and which are fine. You know, that's important too, but. Um, I really feel that in many cases, um, a lot of religion and spiritual practices sort of negate, either subtly or very overtly, this life here on Earth. That mm -hmm. we are part of the Earth, and the Earth is part of us. And, and oh yes, we're made of the elements. Uh, yeah, and then we, we wouldn't have a body if we weren't. Yeah. You know. I remember one story in, in Earth Magic KG is about uh, when I about three years ago I was back in Iowa. Cedar Rapids, the land of my birth, visiting my sisters and, and some other family members. 
And I'm out. Um, I stayed at the hotel because my sister's place is too small. And um, I was out walking around, and uh, I was smoking a cigar. That's occasional uh, what I do. Uh, tobacco has been sort of uh, bastardized in our culture, but tobacco really is a sacred herb. Mm-hmm. When it's used appropriately, it, it, it's a sacrament. And um, my my version is on those occasions when I want to uh, smoke a cigar, I do prayer. Mm-hmm. So I'm out smoking a cigar, walking along walking around the grounds of this hotel and uh, the uh, story of tobacco, I might go on a sidelight that I've heard that really makes sense is that grandfather was once on the earth and uh, he decided to go to the sky and the people went, well how do we if you're going to the sky but you know, you're going to leave us how do we contact you? And he says here and he hands them the herb, tobacco mm-hmm. so this is how you contact me mm-hmm. you know, you offer it in some way or burn it and when you burn it, the smoke that goes to the sky will send your prayers. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's beautiful. So, yeah, I, I believe it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, whether right or wrong is not the point here. It's a soul story. Mm-hmm. You know, it speaks to the soul. Yes. So um, I'm sending prayers uh, through the smoke to Grandfather. I hear this voice, you know, a very familiar voice saying, You're walking on the bones of your ancestors. And I went, whoa, what a what an interesting thought, you know. And I'm looking down at the ground, and I look around, and I go, wow, yeah, you know, my people, my my direct lineage ancestors were have been here about four or five generations. So there's there's some truth in that, and the, and the voice uh, continued to elaborate that, you know, I have relatives that that are now uh, part of the trees, part of the plants, part of mm-hmm. the ground, part of the air part of the clouds, part of the rain, part of the waters, you know, that they've, they've this, and it, it really shakes up our notion of, of what happens when we die. Mm-hmm. We're so connected to the land. Yes, there's something etheric that perhaps ascends or goes into spirit world, the non-material world, but there's also aspects of us that go into the, the land. Mm-hmm. So then I'm really absorbing this, KG, and I, 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 I suddenly think, or the thought comes again, you know, I don't, I'm not sure it was my thought or, you know, spirit talking or grandfather or whatever. And I hear this thought. Can you imagine if your people had lived here for 10,000 years? And it took me to, in a way that's difficult to describe, just feeling what that must be like. I could only imagine what it must be like if I had, in fact, that sort of lineage for 10,000 years. Mm-hmm. Really, you know, it, it was a spiritual uh, mind blower. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so then I, I started, I was kind of absorbing that, and then I heard another thought, which was, can you imagine if your people had been on this land for 100,000 years? And that was one of those things that tweaks your brain. <laughs> you know, I go, I can't even imagine that, sorry. 10,000 I was reaching for. 100,000, it's hard to imagine. And, of course, as we now know that uh, the aboriginal Australians have, in in fact, inhabited their land up till about 200 years ago. They inhabited their lands for 60,000 to 100,000 years. Mm -hmm. So um, my point in that story, and and certainly the conclusions I drew from it, were that, yeah, you know, it's a different way of thinking about spirituality, and Mm -hmm. it's a different way of thinking about the land and about our connection to the land and, and again 
I rant in this book, Earth Magic, about, you know, the price of civilization. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's true. You know, I love the conveniences. Don't get me wrong. It's nice to have, uh, you know, electric lights at night. But, you know, there's been a cost. And that mm-hmm. cost has been we are dissociated from a more intimate relationship with the land and all of the creatures mm-hmm. of the land. And I think, you know, what you're uh, also uh, uh, touching into is having new thoughts about things uh, and begin, beginning to open up to having fresh imaginings and uh, yeah. new thoughts about things, about how we do things and incorporating, uh, you know, such as in Earth Magic, your new book, you know, you uh, talk, of, you share a lot of different magical rit- rituals and ceremonies you introduce through your book, Earth Magic? Yes, yeah. There, the, the, um, the book offers some suggestions from, from uh, uh, I would say, fairly easy kind of uh, ceremonies and rituals to more um, ones that might, I think, are better if you get some training in, for instance, some of the more oh, advanced uh, shamanic techniques um, certainly are ones I would advise training, and there's a number mm-hmm. of places and go, there's a lot of people out there teaching this in some way, shape, or form. Such as yourself? Yeah, yeah, I'm doing workshops, and mm-hmm. uh, I haven't set up a training at, yeah, as of yet. That is a possibility, but not something I'm ready to commit to mm-hmm. for 2010. Yeah. But definitely I'm out there doing workshops, and again, you made reference to the website, drstephenfarmer.com, the schedule's on there, it's kept up to date. So it's, it's um, uh, you know, I... I'm real pleased with the book because it's it's got a wealth of ideas and it's also got the um, exercises you could call them or exercises and some ceremonies that you can do mm-hmm. um, for yourself. You know, simple things like um, let's take one for instance would be full moon and new moon. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, KG, I must say to you, I too, we've had communication through email, etc., and certainly on the radio show before. And I, I've got to say that I, I just have a tremendous respect and admiration for your work. I think you're you're very much in alignment with some of the principles that are that are described here in this book, Earth Magic. And uh, I love your, by the way, a <laughs> shameless plug for your aromatherapy. I love it. It's it, it feels different than a lot of. Uh, oh, thank oil. you. So it's got a lot of soul. It's got a lot of it's got, it's got fairy got energy blessing. all over it. The yeah, fairies. I, I, I guess that it's, it's been blessed and prayed over in some yes. some way, shape, or form. So yes, I think it adds that little extra oomph to it. Anyway, um, yeah. So it's got you know. There's I was going to give an example. It's like full moon or new moon uh, rituals. Mm-hmm. Um, and different people will say maybe different things about this. But what I've come to see is that the full moon, if you, if you look at that just simply as a symbol. You know, I think it's so much more than a symbol, but symbol usually is an intellectual idea. It's so much more than a just mm-hmm. a symbol, but let's call it a symbol. Um, think about it. You know, it's, it's a two-week process from the dark moon uh, to where it's at its fullness. Mm-hmm. So at its fullness, what's going to happen is that it's going to start to wane, mm-hmm. you know, to relax. So that's a good time to uh, do a ceremony of completion, fulfillment, release. Mm -hmm. All those themes fit with the patterning of Grandmother Moon. Mm -hmm. Now, I believe, and in my heart of hearts, I know that it's more than a symbol. I believe that what she does, Grandmother Moon, is she, she, with with appropriate prayer, 
is that she offers her blessings for a ceremony like this. In other words, supports the release, the completion or fulfillment. Mm -hmm. So, you know, a simple ceremony, and, and again, it's, it's not the uh, process itself that helps, but it's the intention that's behind the process. Mm -hmm. But yeah. a simple ceremony, KG, at, this, at the full moon, uh, I know that we've had full moon drumming, you know, where a group of people get together over mm -hmm. the fire and drum, and then part of that drumming is to set your intention. Mm -hmm. You could write on a piece of paper, I now release whatever you want to release. Yes, it you can be very simple, very yeah. simple. You could put it in yes. the fire, and again, with prayer. Make it the whole ceremony really is prayer. Mm -hmm. You know, whether it's quiet, silent, or enacted. And then you might dance a, a dance around the fire of celebration. Mm -hmm. You know, another one is just, you know, if it's a private ceremony, just you is take a piece of paper and with, you know, give yourself some breathing time, as you said at the beginning of the show, breathe. Yes, breathing is... Relax. Yes, breathing is very good. Right. And I believe in breathing, KG. <laughs> <laughs> But your point is, and I know it, it would be my point as well. You know, we're we're us uh, Hollies. You know, the Hawaiian word for without breath, Holly. Mm -hmm. uh, it, we tend to be shallow breathers, so breathe yes. deeply. Sit down, write. You know, keep it maybe to one or two very specific things. I find there's more power if you you don't say, "I'm going to release all of my fear." No, I'm going to release my fear of uh, public speaking. Write that out on a piece of paper. Get some sort of container. Uh, take it out under the full moon. Thank Grandmother Moon for supporting it. And then um, burn the paper with mm -hmm. prayer. Mm -hmm. That's another thing. The new moon, on the other hand, is more about manifestation, as you know. Um, it's about putting your prayers of... Um, you could do it a couple different ways. One is to, again, similarly, is to send it to Grandmother Moon, is to state... In, on, write it down on a piece of paper what you'd like to manifest in, say, particularly the next two weeks so that you can gauge it at the full moon as to just exactly how what you've asked for has manifested, mm -hmm. even if it's a step towards a larger manifestation. So those are a couple ideas. Mm -hmm. you know, uh, uh, again, there's, there's quite a few samples of that. Yeah, those are nice, sweet, little, easy uh, ceremonies anyone can do, and it really does align you with uh, the the electromagnetic energies that are happening <coughs> as the moon uh, wanes and waxes. <coughs> so talk about soul recovery. I mean, here's a big switch. <laughs> to This yeah, is more funny. of a serious topic, I guess, but uh, what is soul recovery? Yeah, the, the the paradigm or um, the idea is that uh, uh, that our soul is um, can can sort of have pieces chipped off, mm -hmm. and there's a few different ways that that can happen. Um, the analogy I I use quite frequently is a holographic image. You know, the the iconic one is you know, help me, Obi Wan Kenobi, you're my only hope. You know, when R two D two gets uh, projects that three-dimensional image of mm -hmm. Princess Leia. Anyway, if you, uh, what's happening there is a laser is uh, going through a special piece of film that creates this three-dimensional image. When there's a chip, just a, let's say a little tiny chip off of the film, mm -hmm. the image uh, can be d just a little distorted. 
and then when there's more chips, it becomes more distorted. That's a pretty good analogy of soul loss. Mm -hmm. And uh, often, I don't say often, but one of the uh, more common ways that we can sort of have a soul piece uh, chip off or fragment, or sometimes I call it dissociated, mm -hmm. um, is through trauma, a traumatic impact of some sort. Oh, getting, uh, I don't know, uh, getting robbed, you know, getting uh, beat up, um, mm -hmm. abused. Uh, there's a number of possibilities, even in a, a traffic accident. Mm -hmm. You know, it's possible that a piece of your soul will leave at that point. It's as if that part of you says, I don't want to be around here for this, and goes off into the etheric realm. And um, sometimes stays there, sometimes returns when it's safe to return. Mm -hmm. um, there's a couple of different ways to do this. I, I do a workshop on occasion called Healing Your Fragmented Soul, and what I teach the participants is um, one way is, call, is soul calling, mm -hmm. which you go into a meditation and you go into this etheric reality, and you go with a animal spirit guide, sometimes a very special one called a power animal, mm -hmm. and you ask that animal spirit guide to take you to the soul piece that most needs to be come back, that most needs to be recovered. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing what happens, KG. I mean, people will find lost soul parts that um, they're, they're actually surprised at, but when it's returned, mm -hmm. uh, it makes sense. And so that spirit animal that takes you there will also help you bring that soul piece back. Mm -hmm. Well, speak a little. Could you speak a little bit more about you know what are animal spirit guides and how are they different from totem animals or power animals? Yeah, um, the um, and again, I've got a um, couple of books on this, but the one that that people seem to resonate with quite a bit is called Animal Spirit Guides. Um, and in there, there's like 200-plus uh, spirit animals. Not I can't possibly put every animal on the planet in there, but, you know, 200 and some of the more common animals that people might come across. Um, and I make reference to it also in Earth Magic. Um, an animal spirit guide is a general term, and that's any animal that comes to you, whether it's a physical form or um, a symbol or representation of that animal. Any animal that comes to you in an unusual way or repeatedly. Mm -hmm. Um, like there was, um, oh gosh, a situation that came up where I was uh, going, it was on a Monday and I was going to have this very intense meeting and I was a little worried about on uh, Thursday. So I had about three days to prepare for it. I'm out taking out the recycling in the trash, you know, and I hear this screech overhead and it's a very familiar screech. It's hawk. It's mm -hmm. a hawk. Mm -hmm. I look up and there's a, a hawk flying over, you know, talking, you know, screeching in that high-pitched sound, beautiful, beautiful red tail, well, probably 15 feet above my head. And I went, okay, what does this mean? And this is the part where I encourage people, uh, you know, you could look it up in my book or, you know, the, the Internet or something to see what possible meanings are. But I, I eventually like people to go uh, to ask the spirit of that animal um, himself or herself. In other words, okay, hawk spirit, what is the message? And then... When you ask, you, you pay attention to everything. You yeah. know, you pay attention to what you hear, what you see, whether it's outside you or inside your head, uh, feelings in your body, you know, thoughts that come to you. Just pay attention to whatever shows up mm -hmm. in whatever way it shows up. And I would maintain to you that's the message. 
just got to pay attention. Mm-hmm. So what I what I uh, when I asked, what I heard is um, keep your perspective. Mm-hmm. In other words, don't get emotionally tangled up in this upcoming meeting. Mm-hmm. Detach, which doesn't mean don't care. It just means step back from it. Mm-hmm. I went, that's great advice. Mm-hmm. Tuesday, next day, I'm up at the storage bin in the canyon here in Laguna Beach and, and uh, taking some things from the storage. Spot a bird, you know, flying around the hills over there. I thought it was a, a, a vulture, California vulture. But as it circled closer, I went, oh, my God, it's another hawk. Mm-hmm. There's two. Wow, that's a confirmation. And I closed my eyes and said, okay, let's get serious here, Mr. Animal Spirit Guide guy. W- you know, what's the message, Brother Hawk? And the, the most interesting thing happened, KG, is I heard a song in my ear. Mm-hmm. And the song is a piece of a Bob Marley tune. And the words were, every little thing is going to be all right. <laughs> Now, I listen to Marley once in a while. I haven't listened to him for a long time, so it, it was very unusual to hear that. I knew that was a message from Hawk Brother. Mm-hmm. I went and looked up the story. Uh, I looked. I tried to find the tune. I couldn't find it, so I went asked my daughter, and she, and she says, oh, it's called Three Little Birds. I finally found it on iTunes. Mm-hmm. Listened to the song, and the words were great. He wakes up some morning. He feels really good. He sees the sun coming through. He goes out to his window, and there he notices three little birds, and that's what they're saying to him. Three little birds are saying everything. Every little thing is going to be all right. Mm-hmm. So there's my message. And third day, I had another hawk visitation, and the meeting went very well on Thursday. And mm-hmm. on my way home, uh, opposite each other on some high wires, I saw two hawks. <laughs> all right. Say, we told you so. Yes. <laughs> so that's an example of animal spirit. That's and different. unusual, they would show up as a pair because you just had that union or meeting of minds almost. Oh, that's very good. Yeah. Very good. I didn't yeah. think about that, but that's, yeah. that's a good, uh, another take on that, you know, the yeah. meaning of the minds. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's what spoke to me. You're very good at getting the spirit messages to come through. I've, uh, I appreciate what a clear channel you are for things just showing up. Um, I want to ask you, I had this unusual animal spirit guide experience where this little boy came and rang my doorbell, answered the door, and he was very concerned because across the street was a raccoon that was up on someone's porch, and he said, they're they're nocturnal, and I'm I'm really concerned about why... He's up at the, that person's door. Hmm. So that was very unusual to have a child come <laughs> ring my doorbell to tell me about this raccoon across the street that was got it. out yeah, and about. Sure. So it was like, wow. Yeah. It it really, I thought about it, and it, it did have a message for me. And what did, so, what but did, I did, wanted to ask you, what does raccoon, do you know what raccoon? Well, let me ask you, if you'd be willing to share it on the radio, um, what was the message you got? That my divine inner child was, um, I needed to comfort and console my own inner divine child, that it was okay to allow these shadow, these things that usually are of the night, for them to come forward into the day and for me to be aware of them. That's beautiful. And that's often what I do when I'm doing uh, you know, readings on my radio show is uh, I, I will... Uh, and I'll tell you why. As I ask the caller often, I say, what does it mean for you? Because I am convinced, first off, that many times people have a hunch. You know, call it a hunch. 
as to what the significance is or the message or the meaning. Mm -hmm. The second thing is my the tools that I've offered, the Power Animal Oracle Cards, uh, the messages from your animal spirit guides, oracle cards, earth magic, animal spirit. These I see these, um, particularly the animal ones, as bridges. In other words, uh, what people often do is that they'll look up raccoon, and I'll, I'll answer your question too. But I'm, I want to do a little, pro, you know, talk about this a little bit. Um, they look up a raccoon, and out of let's say an animal spirit guides, they look up raccoon, and they go, oh, okay, out of the oh, I don't know, six or so possible messages, one or two will jump out and they go, oh man. Yeah, it will it. resonate. Yeah, it will resonate or click. You know, they'll go, oh, okay, I get it. And that happens almost inevitably. But again, I, I KG, I think these are bridges. I mean, they're, I'm <laughs> pleased to offer these. Ultimately, what I'd like folks to do is to, is to, well, you know, what does it mean for you? You know, check it out. See if you, because it, then it empowers the, that person Mm-hmm. That oh they they do they they start to pay attention to the either the internal dialogue mm-hmm. you know the messages that come through auditory or they get visions or whatever it may be that elaborate on the meaning of that particular encounter mm-hmm. so that's why when I ask you I do the same with almost everybody and, and I, I'm not you know I, I guess I'm considered to be an expert in some way but I think everybody's their own expert ultimately it's just uh, a matter yes. of ultimately each individual is their yeah. best. So raccoon, in answer to your question, if I were to put it in one word, which is not fair to the spirit of raccoon, but in one word is resourcefulness. Mm-hmm. That in fact, um, raccoon is a reminder through this child that your in, inner, as you put it, I like the way you said that, your inner divine child is really uh, a wealth of resources for you. Mm-hmm. Is how I is another perspective on that. Let's mm-hmm. say, but. Um, it, it, raccoon is about resourcefulness, appearing during the day, uh, bringing the shadows into the light, I mm-hmm. think is what you referred to. Mm-hmm. That's a wonderful piece right there, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, not To not be fearful of them, to approach them with the innocence of a child. Mm-hmm. You know, not, to be uh, in awe <laughs> of the world, in awe of the, uh, it's a little vague to say this, but in awe of the magic of the world. Wow, mm-hmm. you're the raccoon. To be willing to... Um, to uh, uh, not expect isn't the word, but to um, uh, I'm, the word I'm coming to is surprises. Mm-hmm. You know, to delight in the surprises. You know, the childlike enthusiasm of the surprises, and at that time also uh, suggesting to you perhaps that there will be surprises, mm-hmm. almost like a prescient sort of quality to the sighting and to, to the experience with this child. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's definitely a surprising event. <laughs> it was an unusual event in my day. Yeah. So. yeah, so that's an animal spirit guide. Power animal is one that comes from, the idea comes from shamanism, but again, you don't have to be into shamanism to do this. It's it's like a main animal spirit guide. You know, it's one that you work with quite a bit. You ask for protection, guidance, healing. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a story in there, amazing, amazing story, uh, by a Japanese gentleman that we developed a correspondence while he was recovering. Uh, well, he did recover from leukemia. Um, he thought he was going to die, and Wolf came to him mm-hmm. in a dream. Yeah, Wolf is one of my um, power animals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same here. <laughs> That's the Wolf and Raven I call on to travel to this etheric reality, mm-hmm. uh, non-ordinary reality. Uh, this uh, fellow, Yoshiko, he, he, and he gave me permission to write this um, 
uh, when he first wrote, he talked. He had, was asking about the meaning of a dream, or wolf came to him, mm-hmm. and they were standing. They were he. He was standing on the edge of a cliff, and wolf came and sat down next to him and said, "Jump." Mm-hmm. And Yoshiko goes, oh, "I don't want to jump." He says, "No, jump. Watch what happens. Jump." Mm-hmm. So he jumped and he flew. Mm-hmm. He says, "What does this mean?" So my suggestion was, uh, and I was very frank with him, I just said, well, it, it may mean that your fear of death is unwarranted, that in fact, you know, if that's the course that you're going and you die, that you will fly. Mm-hmm. Another is to take some chances, and the third is to work with Wolf Brother, to um, ask him for help with your healing. Mm-hmm. And then he, a series of correspondences that are described in the book, uh, just miraculous, I loved it. You know, Wolf helped him heal. Mm-hmm. And uh, as of, uh, oh gosh, about three months ago, last I heard from him, uh, he was eight months clear of the leukemia. Wow, wow, yeah. what a wonderful this, story. So that's a, that's an animal spirit guide. Pro- I mean, actually, that was a power animal for him. Totem animal is usually a, an animal spirit that's shared by a group or community or mm-hmm. clan. Mm-hmm. Uh, we use those terms interchangeably, power and totem animal, so... I don't. I don't quibble about it. I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the importance is that there there are animal spirit guides that we work with. Some of which are a little more prominent, like Wolf for you, Wolf Spirit, mm-hmm. um, and we lean on those a little bit more. And that's that's the importance of it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, Wolf is very attentive these days. Yeah. Watching <laughs> out. Watching out for you. Oh yes. Very definitely. Uh, cool. Oh yes. So what are your thoughts about the major changes that we're presently experiencing on our planet, Stephen? Well, I, my first thought is live your life. You know, just live your life. Mm-hmm. You know, that's one thing. Because I think you know, your life is right here, right now, and it's right in front of you. And, and the second is, um, and we were discussing this just prior to the conversation, the, ra- the radio conversation that KG is about, um, how important it is for um, anyone who is, is hearing the calling is to pay attention, pay, pay closer attention to those subtle signals, signs, urgings, etc. Mm-hmm. Because I believe we're coming into a time um, that where we need to be more spirit, we lead a more spirit-directed life. Mm-hmm. Not religious, because that implies a certain, um, to me it does anyway, a certain rigidity of how to go about this. But again, attention, attention, yes. attention. Like with awareness, happens. with yes. be, being in spirit, living with awareness of spirit yes. and our connection yes. as one human family. And the earth is talking to us all the time. Yes. We just, ne- you know, our task is to learn to listen better. Yes. <laughs> through the plants, through the animals. And, it, and I'm hearing that it will show us. It can show us how to live in harmony. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like that little raccoon that showed up, and at least showed up to that child, and then the child runs over to you. Mm-hmm. Although I believe that you know, for a good majority of the time, my sense of you is that you do. You operate in, you could say, the flow. You know, the flow of spirit, the flow of life. Mm-hmm. So, in answer to your question, the changes that are coming. I mean, there's. I'm having a, a, a good friend of mine is Chris Prelitz who. Uh, has studied this extensively. He's got a Hay House book called Green Made Easy. Um, mm-hmm. He'd be a good guest for your show, by the way, too. Um, I'll pass that along to you. Oh, wonderful. But uh, Chris is um, 
um, has talked about the changes that are going on in the climate. You know, one, for instance, he mentioned just a couple of days ago is how um, he, the, the, equi- the, the equator is expanding. Mm-hmm. You know, what we're calling the equator and also... Yeah, I've heard they've been seeing the aurora borealis at the equator. Oh, I hadn't heard that. That's fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> wow. What a turn of events. Yeah, the, the electromagnetics are changing, you know, yeah. on the planet. And and the animals, that are they're moving north. Mm-hmm. You know, the armadillos that are being seen in states that they've never been seen in before. Mm-hmm. So... What does it mean for us? It means, number one, is it doesn't matter the causes of these. You know, there's a lot of, uh, oh, I don't know, you know, there's way too many people on the planet, and we're using up, you know, so many resources. But on the other hand, um, I don't maybe this is a natural cycle. You know, maybe that we've influenced, as a population, we've influenced to some degree. And it doesn't, you know, the truth is it doesn't matter who to blame. It's obvious to our eyes and ears that the planet itself is changing. Mm-hmm. I go back to KG the the uh, original or the and again I wrote about this in Earth Magic is um, the, the the fundamental the foundational role of a shaman in the indigenous communities was not just healing you know through help with spirit guides there's something even underneath that which is to serve as a mediator between the human community and the natural world mm-hmm. and the premise based on that role that foundational task the premise is that when illness shows up I'm getting enthusiastic that when illness shows up in the human community mm-hmm. what it means is things are out of balance in that mm-hmm. relationship mm-hmm. and so the shaman's job was to address that mm-hmm. with the help of his spirit guides to address that imbalance in some way mm-hmm. and that could be through ceremony usually what is some sort of healing ceremony mm-hmm. uh, that would be Incorporating the larger realm of spirit to be able to uh, uh, return something back to the earth, you know that we the human community is taking too much. Mm-hmm. When you look at that on a massive scale, on a global scale, that's mm-hmm. you know evident. That's a, it's not just shamanism. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's evident that each and every mm-hmm. one of us, you know, you could say our inner shaman or whatever. But yes, kind of I think that we are out of. Uh, 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 rapport with our subconscious mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't hear. We don't. We're not in tune. Yes, we don't hear these spirit messages. Yeah, and, and, and these tools that you're bringing forward are just means for us to uh, regain uh, that connection with our own uh, the inner world for yep. it to speak to us because it's always there guiding us. Yeah, I want to. Um, I'm going to actually read this from the book. I don't have oh, it wonderful. memorized, but it's a poem by Wendell Berry, and it's one of my. I'm not a big poetry fan. I love poetry. Don't get me wrong, but uh, you know, sometimes one just jumps out, and speaks to me. And this, I, I was so grateful that um, his, um, you know, he granted me the rights to use this poem in this book. It's called "The Peace of Wild Things." When despair for the world grows in me, and I wake in the night at the least sound, in fear of what my life and my children's lives may be, I go and lie down where the wood drake rests in his beauty on the water, and the great heron feeds. I come into the peace of wild things, who do not tax their lives with forethought of grief. 
I come into the presence of still water. And I feel above me the day-blind stars waiting with their light. For a time I rest in the grace of the world and am free. I love that because oh, it says beautiful. What I, it's a beautiful poem, you know, as well oh, elegantly stated. Yes. But it's again, I go back to whatever may be happening happening in terms of the shifts is live your life. Mm-hmm. You know, look at I'm looking out at this backyard and the beauty, the greenery, and you know, little birds that flutter by and that hummingbird that shows up every so often. These two crows that have been inhabiting the tree you know, just outside the backyard for the last two weeks and, mm-hmm. you know, squawk and talk to me, you know, every morning. You know, we've forgotten, especially with the the, the animals, but definitely with the plants, too, how to communicate with mm-hmm. them. And that's part of, as I say, my mission. One aspect of it is to encourage that communication with the plants, mm-hmm. you know, the plant people and the animal people. There's, mm-hmm. a, there's a community, a Native American community, and I, I think more than one, um, they don't they don't have a distinction between humans and animals and plants or stones. You know, it's the stone people, the animal people, the plant people, the human people, etc., mm-hmm. etc. Et you know, everything has that that grace of of being a being. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we're out we're out of tune, and your work, my work, and the work of many of us is to help you know, do some fine tuning. Yeah, to tune <laughs> really to 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 that law of grace. The grace is always there for us yeah. to come into partnership with. Yeah. yeah. So, um do you have any new book projects in the works, Stephen? Yes I do. I've got um I'm just rounding the corner on a, a major piece of it. I'm doing uh an earth magic oracle cards. It's gonna be quite different from the power animal oracle cards. Mm-hmm. And I've just been exhaustively looking at artwork that would first um, be the images that I that I want in the cards, and then once the images are settled and we get the artists, etc. Um, once I turn them over to Hay House, the the art director there, then I go in to work on the content. And the idea there is that let's say for volcano is to describe a little bit more about volcano and how mm-hmm. it works, you know, in the overall scheme of things mm-hmm. on the earth, mm-hmm. and then tune in and and see if I. See, well, I'm pretty sure I can. We'll see, but see what kind of. Oh, yeah, that's that's going to be the easy flow part for you. I think so, Kate. <laughs> You're very I, gifted at that. Oh, that's no doubt. Of you to say, I just my ego mind always comes in and goes, "Well, you sure you can do this?" You know. But well, and that's a part of it too. You know, I yeah. think that that can be a noble adversary. You know, the egoic mind it can serve as the noble adversary to, you know, it just it term. it really does help. You know. It's a part of the. Pro- it helps with the whole process, you know. I'm it really down, does. I like that term, noble adversary. <laughs> I'm writing that down while we're while we're doing the interview here. Uh, yeah, no, I like that. I like that take on it. That's it, it, again, it's awareness. You know, the the uh, the subtleties of the ego mind, and and it's going to happen. It's not like it's not going to happen. But can I witness? <clears throat> can I witness that happening? Mm-hmm. You know, and how the different ways it shows up. Mm-hmm. And then what blows my mind, in a good way, is those moments when I'm witnessing the witness. Mm-hmm. And there's no, there's mm-hmm. no me. Mm-hmm. There's no I, in the usual sense. Mm-hmm. You know that those moments of I, I would call them revelation, where I get it, <laughs> but I don't think, oh, I get it. It's just 
I'm getting it while it's happening. Mm -hmm. Is that kind of vague? I'm not sure, but is that normal? No, I've been having a lot of that uh, where I'm just observing myself more and more, and then I, I slip out of it, and that's when I feel like I, I'll make a mistake or I'll... I'll realize I've gone out of being able to be in touch with what's ha being present to what's yeah, happening yeah. in the awareness. So there's definitely some sort of shift, and sometimes I feel very disoriented. So with it, so I don't know if that makes sense, but it's definitely I, you know, I've been noticing just changes in my own uh, orientation. You know, my old, yeah. I feel like I'm not my old me, but I'm not a new me or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, you, and you mentioned, uh, again, prior to our conversation on the radio that, that I thought it was really intriguing is astrologically um, that we're uh, entering the birth canal, you know, that has something that Yes, with that grand super conjunction years. that hasn't happened in 2,000 years between Chiron and Jupiter and Neptune and Aquarius that will be yeah. going on where we're coming to... Uh, two more we're coming off the first uh, exact conjunction but yeah. it's going to be within one degree of orb over the next nine months and it will come back on in July exact and then again in December so it, I liken it to like a, a birth canal where we are in a transition like we're the caterpillar dissolving the old form dissolving in the process of becoming the butterfly and something a whole new uh, consciousness being birthed yeah, planet, I, uh, I think anybody who's listening to this too will grasp that, you know, and and it's a it's a beautiful explanation of of you know what's moving in all of us really. Mm -hmm. And again, mm -hmm. it comes back to it's it sort of reminds me of the story, the Zen story. You know, the the Zen master was asked, well, "What's the what's the absolutely the most important thing, the number one thing in Zen? What's important?" And he says, "Attention." So the reporter mm -hmm. goes, well, what's mm -hmm. number two? Mm -hmm. Attention. Mm -hmm. You know, and you can mm -hmm. guess what number three is. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Pay attention. Mm -hmm. But it's also like we're saying, KG, it's, it's paying attention to what? Mm -hmm. You know, the, the uh, I was given a little talk in a, a shamanic journey I did about distractions. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was an interesting uh, take on distractions. It's like there are uh, distractions and then there are what they called uh, spirit called uh, the spirits that we're working with they call spiritual distractions and those are the ones that seem like distractions but they're really sort of a rerouting mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's just kind of an interesting it's not just a play in words so I've been watching that again mm -hmm. attention 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 mm -hmm. what is it that you know is this just a, a where I can go mindless and, and not pay attention kind of distraction or is this one that's more of a mindful distraction. Mm -hmm. I get a and the discernment, being able to discern yes. uh, which you know, which of those it is. Yeah, and, you and know trusting yourself. You mentioned earlier about, you know, trust being a something you're deepening in. Yeah, you know that I think I I like I'm a wordsmith, so I, I like you, I play with words and, and what they mean and, and how some words will uh, take on a, a greater depth of meaning. And those are my buzzwords, if you will, for maybe for the year, I don't know, but certainly for this last few weeks have been trust and allow. Mm -hmm. Trust is a big one. You know, what does that really mean? Trust, trust in my own inner sense, trust in my guidance, trust that when I get repetition happening, like the hawk story that I told you, 
that I, I can trust that that really is a message from spirit showing up through this uh, physical being hawk and more than just the physical being through the spirit of uh, I call it the oversoul or the collective consciousness of all mm -hmm. hawks that's coming through these particular representatives mm -hmm. that's how this works with animal spirit guides the other one is allow and um, like we were speaking earlier about allowing mm -hmm. use the term surrender and I think that's that's uh, equivalent allow to me means um, really allowing a response to spirit allowing first of all myself to take in these messages as if they come in somehow um, but more just allow for these messages pay attention and then allow my response that's the other thing I was telling you the story about the book the other day I was in a conversation with uh, my assistant and we got on somehow the topic of revenge, and no, we, you know, we're like New Age people. We don't want to, <laughs> we don't want to do revenge, you know. <laughs> I'm conscious, but I don't want to do revenge, even though I, got, you know, might have little fantasies about it now and again. And then I was pointed to, and that's the best way I could describe it. I just sort of glanced over, and there's a book on my shelf that I never would have thought of. And I kept glancing at it, and I'm going, okay, what's going on? As we're talking about this, my attention is being directed. Hear the language, is mm -hmm. being directed. Mm -hmm you know, to this book. That's what I mean by paying attention to mm -hmm. the subtleness, the subtleties. Mm -hmm. You know, like you pointed out, those things make And trusting that you can discern those subtleties. And yeah. 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 And I go op uh, open the book, it. and there's a whole paragraph about an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth and blah, 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 and how that really wasn't what Hammurabi was saying. He was saying more like... Um, I, uh, went in, the, the paragraph went down to the place to the bottom of the paragraph, the last line in the paragraph, like it says in the Bible, you know, uh, uh, Lord, uh, forgive me my trespasses as I forgive those who trespass against mm -hmm. me. You know, that sort of summed it up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, oh yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. Forgiveness, release, let go. You know, why hang on to that stuff? You know, choose your battles. It's not mm -hmm. that important. You know, what it really is important, paying attention to what matters. That's what's important to pay attention to. Ooh, I ranted. <laughs> so anyway, I you know, Earth Magic I think is I think it's a valuable book. One of one of the pieces I would add just one more comment on this uh, KG is um what people have commented on and I I really thought about it and it really makes sense is I'll I'll take a chapter on let's say plant spirit medicine and write about it and convey certain information, but then what I like to do is also point to other uh, resources that people want to explore this in in more detail. Mm -hmm. You know, in, in the, I've never I've not written a book on plant spirit medicine, at least not yet. So there are other people that have. So I'll point the way. Mm -hmm. um, there uh, animal spirit guides. You know, I put a section in there on that, and then I say here's some other resources for this particular mm -hmm. topic. DNA, some fascinating stuff about DNA. Mm -hmm. Okay, if you want to know more about this, here, go here, here, here. In mm -hmm. other words we are really in a period of collaboration. Mm -hmm. you know, we need to not mm -hmm. compete with each other as healers yes. and teachers. Yes. It's time to get over that. Yes. And really not, to, uh, not to confuse whatever the seeming is, whatever situations we find ourselves in where we may be having things that are conflicting or whatever, to not 
make too much of that to remember the 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 thing that gives birth to that you know what I'm saying the spirit that we're we do have a oneness in spirit and we'll manifest all these different things out in the world and some of them will conflict and and look at how maybe having a conflict how something new can get born out of that collective experience yeah. Rather than thinking it's something that you have to go to war over, and that it's it's really, you know, it's just that it, it's any appearance thing that's happening out in the world is always passing. You know, it's coming and going, but the 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 spirit, the thing that is the tr- the truth that is coming through both of us, that we're united in that, and not to forget that we are really one. In spirit, you hear what I'm saying? Yes. And we manifest the diversity, you know, but we really are one in spirit, and to not lose sight of that. And I think that's, you know, we've been on this whole journey of exploring our our separateness, and now it's time for us to 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 remember our oneness and our wholeness. I could not have said it better. That that's very well stated, KG. And. You know, we're going to have different, like, you know, you and I are sitting in a park and a a crow lands in front of us and we go, hmm, what's the meaning, you know, and what's the message? And you might get a completely different message than me. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't mean that one is wrong or one is right. It's that spirit will give us different messages, often through the same vehicle. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Michael Harner talks about this. I heard a a talk by him one time about how... um, he had seen these uh, visions. He had gone many, many years ago before it sort of become, you know, sort of uh, popular to do so. Is down in the Amazon jungle, uh, partook in uh, an ayahuasca medicine journey. Mm-hmm. And ayahuasca is one where another, where spirit comes through loud and clear and, mm-hmm. and teaches. And he's one of the aspect of the vision. One vision he saw was of these uh, um, sort of serpent-looking creatures. Mm-hmm. And he conveys what Michael said is that they told him that we're masters of the world mm-hmm. and told him some other things. And so after the journey, um, he was talking to the shaman there and he says, you know, this is what happened. These, you know, serpent-looking beings came to me and they said, we're masters of the world, you know. Mm-hmm. And the shaman goes, oh, they're always saying that. <laughs> <laughs> In other words, the shaman had a little different take on it. Right. You know, he had a little different. Right. And that's a good thing. It's so nice that we do have different takes, and we have, you know, our different takes yep. to share, and so a whole other third thing gets born out of that, oh, and it's yeah, beautiful. So, yeah. That's a good way to put it, you yeah. know, where two or more are gathered, you know, we have yes. different, different messages. Yes. It also speaks to what I think is occurring more and more, and what maybe, um, uh, you know, more and more people are experiencing, and it's absolutely true in any shamanic work. It's it's not about somebody out here um, it's about or a god in the sky or something like that. Mm-hmm. It really is about direct revelation. Mm-hmm. You know that as I commune with the spirits, whatever way, shape, or form I may do that in, mm-hmm. they will. The spirits will speak to me. They mm-hmm. will direct me. They will guide mm-hmm. me. They will protect me. They will talk to me. They will communicate with me in some way. And I'm, I know I'm probably preaching to the choir, but I want to put a pitch in for that direct revelation mm-hmm. and I would also say one of the biggest elements that one of the biggest um, ways to make you know to discern whether it's really a message from spirit and this is the number one on the list would be spirit will never tell you to do something 
harmful. Mm-hmm. We'll never tell you to do something harmful. Mm-hmm. Number two is they'll never tell you to do something that's so beyond, way beyond outrageous that you wouldn't do it. They'll push mm-hmm. you. <laughs> they'll certainly stretch yeah. you. Yeah. But they won't ask you to do any harm. They won't do something that's so totally, they won't tell you to go like rob a bank, mm-hmm. you know, or hurt somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they might tell you, um, you know, it might be a better idea to move to Wyoming. Mm-hmm. You're going, Wyoming? Well, you know, it's funny. I've been thinking about that. Mm-hmm. Yes, and you, you know, it it usually has some some sort of an inner ding. Louise Hay Hay calls it inner your inner ding. There's a resonance, and you can ask for confirmations. You know that Good you point. Re- yes. receive confirmations about the messages yes. you're you're getting. So, do you have anything else you'd like to share with us before we close, Stephen? Well, I just uh, I, I you asked me earlier, and I'm not sure I really properly answer the question about what do I see coming here and I I feel a lot of hope I see this in the children that are showing up now I think the parents that have done the work the the clearing of old habits and ways of thinking that are now rearing their children Mm -hmm. who will in turn rear their children I Mm -hmm. think that this imbalance that exists is going to turn around I think it's Mm -hmm. going to take about four or five generations Mm -hmm. for it to turn around but I really see that it's going to turn around Mm -hmm. um, and the other is that we're remarkably adaptive adaptable creatures mm-hmm. we really are mm-hmm. we just got to get off our arrogance mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. and I think we are I really think mm-hmm. we are mm-hmm. um, the the uh, wave that's occurring now um, the wave of consciousness you could mm-hmm. say is just is just absorbing more and more people mm-hmm. or is moving through that's a better way to put it mm-hmm. it's moving through so many people mm-hmm. these days mm-hmm. so I, I feel hopeful mm-hmm. I do yes and I thank you for your work well I thank you for your work no, you're so, very welcome. Yes, very I, I think we're in the same choir. I think so. so yeah. <laughs> I call it the tribe. You know, we're, we're in the same the tribe. tribe. Yes. Yeah. It's not not a, no boundaries. Nobody. You know. No dues. Yes. <laughs> no no professional yes. dues or anything yes. like that. It's just well, we'll we'll find me. That's part of the whole the dog star serious. You know that whole. Oh yeah. You know, uh, serious. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, that's a whole other story. Okay. For more information about Stephen and to find out more about his upcoming workshops and to schedule a private consultation or sign up for his free newsletter, please visit drstephenfarmer.com. That's drstephenfarmer.com. Have a beautiful day, everyone. A warm mahalo. Thanks for joining us. Thanks again, Stephen. It's been a pleasure. Welcome.